Hi, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell, and we're the hosts of Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we discuss, appreciate, and delve too deep into the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions, one minute at a time. You know there's a Balrog down there, right? It'll be fine. (laughs) Have you ever wondered about Hobbit economy or how wizards get their mail? Are you also in awe of Hugo Weaving's eyebrows? Then join us every Monday through Friday on our mission, quest, thing, only on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre everyone and welcome to the protagonist podcast where each week we talk about a great character in a great story except when we don't which we never do around halloween because we have an annual tradition when it comes to halloween i am joe dorowski and i'm todd mack and joining us as part of that annual tradition is special guest todd peterson great great to be back (laughs) this is four for four on our halloween episodes i feel like it's been a while since we talked it's it has it's it's been so long. Like, well, yeah. You've had a, a book release since uh, since we last had you on, I believe. I did a big big book launch and a tour and everything fancy, and it was so cool. In case we have any new listeners who missed the last sales pitch, could you uh, tell our listeners what your book is titled? Um, it is called "It Needs to Look Like We Tried," which has been the most fun part of the whole thing. <laughs> Particularly when we were doing uh, all the production emails were going back and forth and we were like looking for typos and all that stuff. And it just kept on coming up with it needs to look like we tried. (laughs) And everybody. But when I was going around bookstores in the early spring in May, I would kind of come in and say, hey, I'm here for the event tonight. And they would say, we've been having so much fun talking about the title of your book. (laughs) So I think it's a title that instantly resonates. (laughs) Yeah, we had a joke that if I do a sequel, uh, we'll call it if I would have brought my wallet, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a whole lot that can be played out there. But it's been it's been really fun. And um, the best part about writing is there's no time to like start feeling fancy because you just have to go write again. Yeah, you get one out and uh, then the publisher starts saying, where's, where's that the was one? the very end of my wonderful lunch with my editor in, in the Bay Area. And he's like, well, it was great to see you, blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking about for the next one? And I was like, and it sounds all braggy, but it's really the worst. I was like, what I wanted to do was like watch some TV. <laughs> <laughs> Play a video game. That's right. That's right. Catch up on my comics because I have this huge stack. Like I've been reading the Gail Simone Plastic Man and all this stuff. And I'm like, I am behind on important things. <laughs> I, I hope to someday have that discussion around a fiction project. But when uh, I published the uh, or co-authored a Cheers or a Fraser book pretty soon after the uh, final manuscript was in, I think before it was even out, they're like, so are you going to do a Cheers book for us? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's so uncool. Uh, yeah, it's like, can we just enjoy the one that has come out? Uh, Joseph, was, was that uh, before or after they had resolved your your misidentified author name on one of the test prints? 
Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's always odd odds and ends that you pick up on on proofs, and you and you send in the corrections, and you just kind of keep hoping. I hope this actually gets changed before the book is published. Oh dear, it's it's been really good for me to just go. You know what? Nothing is perfect. This book does not offend the gods. It it just needs to it look, needs like, to we look tried. like we tried exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Todd Peterson and uh, Todd Mack. This is going to be your next to last regular episode of the Protagonist Podcast. And we're going out uh, with a new version of a Halloween special. So in the past, we've built a Mount Rushmore fear. Always new versions. We have done an elevator pitch based around uh, supernatural creatures. What was one of our others? I can't remember what one of our others was. We workshopped uh, <laughs> Halloween ideas last oh, year. Right? Workshopped Halloween yeah. ideas. That's right. Drew from a hat and uh, built some Halloween fiction. And this year, we're doing a 13-part draft <laughs> of supernatural creatures. <laughs> With it's, it's the monster draft. It is the monster draft. Producer Andrew will be walking us through uh, each uh, round, and we're each going to say uh, one version of a supernatural creature that we want on our team. Now, the purpose of our team is completely up in the air. There was no rhyme or reason. Mostly, we just want to talk about supernatural creatures for an hour to an hour and a half, probably, because we're doing <laughs> 13. Uh, Producer Andrew initially generated a list of like, here's like 10 or so uh, creatures, yeah, think, and we, and we can whittle it down. And then we counted it, and we're like, well, that's 12. And if we just do one more, that's 13, which feels really right for Halloween. But because we have 13 creatures, we'll be going through, and each of us will be uh, having a you know brief discussion. We better get started. So, Andrew, I, ha- I, ha- think, I think Todd Mack should either get to go first or get to decide the order um, for his for his final time <laughs> so much pressure uh first of all i would like to clarify for the record this is not a competition is that right right yeah there's there's this, not a winner at the end of this just, except the listeners that's right <laughs> we are each we are each competing the, against the listeners ourselves. are all the winners here okay um <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to choose to defer on this and uh, i'll go last Okay, so Todd so, would like to go last. Then I think it's going to go Todd Peterson, Joseph, and then Todd Mack. Um, and, and, and we'll then, just rotate. Uh, and we'll come back. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll rotate through on that cycle. Todd Peterson, you will begin. And our first monster is the vampire. So good for our listeners. The rules are basically we're each going to name a vampire. And, and, and some discussion. And have a little discussion about that vampire that we chose. Yeah, so this was identified as life or blood sucking. So I thought... <laughs> To myself, let's. Not, I want to go to life sucking versus blood sucking, and I may be pushing it, but let's see. I say Elric of Meldebonet from the great old Michael Moorcock novels because he's got that sword drinking, the soul drinking sword. So even though he is not himself that person. Interesting. He is, he is he granted some sort of immortality from this process? Yes. Or? Yes. The, okay. And that's then I think I think this clarified. And yeah. so I thought if I could go early enough, this might say set some parameters about like how expansive we can go with the general categories. <laughs> you but, wanted to, to set a tone for yourself, <laughs> but right. But also, I too want us to start pushing some boundaries on these. <laughs> so, but Elric is if you if you do not know him, I came to him through playing D anD D, and he is an albino hero who um, draws sustenance from his victims with a sword that obliterates them by eating its soul. And that's where he, how he sustains himself. Also, with this a, sounds like vampire territory it, for sure. It, oh, yeah. it, it is its own kind of seventies punk version of vampire. So, or sixties. So 
That's what I'm going with, Elric of Melnabonet. Okay. I, I like that pick, and I'm glad we're already starting to stretch some of these <laughs> these borders. Well, it's your turn, Joseph. Okay. Well, I like that you mentioned uh, 70s punk <laughs> aesthetic, because I chose Vampire Storm from the X-Men oh, Storm. Oh, yes. In the, uh, it was actually into the early 80s, if I'm recalling right, in Todd Peterson. Feel free to correct me if you have that knowledge at your back and call. <laughs> no. But uh, Storm had an encounter with Dracula during a punk phase when she had shaved her hair into a mohawk and was wearing lots of leather with straps. And uh, <laughs> and she became a vampire for a little while. Interesting. I was not so familiar with that. Punk rock vampire Storm is what we're going This with. is going to give so uh, much I mean, latitude to f- the next picks. Yeah. So my first pick, uh, well, the first thing that came to mind was this uh, amazing. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. I just feel like we did some groundwork for Todd Peterson's pick, and I just realized maybe there are listeners when I say storm, just it doesn't immediately the, click. The X Men. The X Men mutant who can control the weather. So now you have a vampire who has complete control of mm-hmm. the elements as well as being a vampire. Yes. Okay. So when I first uh, saw Life or Bloodsucking, the first thing that came to mind was this. Uh, there is a Spanish, uh, well, uh, a Hispanic author, South American author. His name is Horacio Quiroga. And he has a book called uh, Cuentos de Amor, Locura, de Locura y de Muerte. So uh, tales <laughs> what, of what love. What does that mean? It means tales of love, madness, and death. And death. Oh, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's like a post special, yeah, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really, it's really good. Um, and a, a lot of the stories are about people who come in contact with nature and things do not go well. And there's a story that's called the feather pillow. And it's about um, this, this young couple who gets married and then uh, the wife it, it, it falls almost immediately ill and eventually can't uh, get out of bed anymore and then eventually uh, her, she dies because she's been like basically sucked dry. Like all the blood has been sucked out of her and there's no, there's no real uh, explanation as to why, except that when, when, they, when they remove her body from the bed and then they lift up the pillow, the pillow is so heavy that they can't lift it because there's been a bug in her pillow that has sucked her dry. And now the bug is full of her blood inside of the pillow. <laughs> it's really I'm done. horrifying. So, uh, so the bug, the, the pillow <laughs> bug, is your pick, Tom? Uh, no, it's actually not because I what? thought that's too scary. <laughs> that's not even it. Because I was going to say, well, um, I know it and wasn't. The bug is not immortal. I know it wasn't a competition, but Todd won. <laughs> <laughs> and the bug is not uh, necessarily immortal. So I'm actually going with Mavis from Hotel Transylvania. Mavis is Drax's daughter, and she's amazing. And uh, she marries Johnny. And I, I just, uh, she's, she's a, she's an awesome character. And so, uh, I love her interactions with, uh, with her human husband, Johnny. I love it when she has a little baby, uh, Denisovich and, uh, I love Mavis. So I'm going with Mavis. I almost went with Papa Drac, but, uh, but this is going to be an evening of contrasts. <laughs> so there All we right. go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this, yeah. this is going to be a very interesting night. I mean, my wait now, Tat, could you have gotten to like, two farther poles on the vampire spectrum <laughs> like the the female heroine of hotel Transyl- the hotel transylvania series and the bug that sucked a person dry inside their own pillow yes like that's that is a, that is a widespread 
Oh, All right. It's, it's what it is what you're going to get tonight. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, then that's going to put Joseph first to pick a werewolf or wolfman. Lycanthropope. Like, like, lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Yeah. Um, right now it's going to feel like I'm just sticking with, uh, 80s pop culture, but just trust that that is not a trend that's going to continue past these first two rounds, but I'm taking, uh, oh. Michael Jackson from the thriller video. <laughs> uh, oh, from the thriller video. That's interesting. yeah. The orange vest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the orange um, jacket jacket. Yeah. And yeah, that just, uh, I think I don't need to do a whole lot of foundational work in explaining that one. It's just in the thriller video. In, with some very 1980s dance moves, Michael Jackson turns, I mean, I mean, turns into top, a top werewolf. tier 1980s dance. Oh moves. yes, yes, <laughs> but but it also does feel like 1980s. Yes, <laughs> and and, and th- so that's my pick for a werewolf. Interesting. We almost went in a, a, a similar direction there, but <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, okay, so I'm up. Yes, yes, and well, my. <laughs> Thinking about Mavis made me immediately think of Winnie the Wolf from Hotel Transylvania or her father, Wayne, who are also both uh, amazing characters. But I'm, I'm going to step out of the uh, Hotel Transylvania franchise for a minute, and I'm going to go with uh, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter. He was on my list. Uh, he, he was a scratch, but he was on my list when I was brainstorming werewolf characters. Yeah, I love Professor Lupin. He is so good, and uh, I'm happy to have him on my team. And I think he and Mavis will uh, get along quite well with each other. You, you have a very good team, Todd, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes. I have a very 1980s music scene theme. <laughs> yes. Team, team, team at the moment. <laughs> uh, Todd Peterson. I may reveal my pattern with this next one. But I am going to go with the Werewolves of London. From the Warren Zevon song. The Werewolves of London. <laughs> now, for anyone who maybe is not as familiar <laughs> with, <laughs> with that song, could you, could you explain oh, a little bit? I mean, it's one of the five songs that gets put on a Halloween playlist. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I know it from the from That the was playlist. exactly the idea. But it's this, you know, this absurd Warren Zevon song, you know, with the chorus, oh, Werewolves of London. Oh, now it's clicking for me. Yeah, I, it hadn't clicked oh, for yeah. me until you did. Yeah, I just need a little course action. That's there. right. But, you know, this is the one where he saw a werewolf in Trader Vic's and his hair was perfect. And so I thought I would just go that way because let's push boundaries. But I wanted to be able to get more than one werewolf. And so that was a good way to do that. So you got all of them. All, so, so, so you got all the werewolves of London. Okay. That's right. I also, at the, the, the reason that I was saying. Um, that we were treading in, in similar territory. I almost went with the teen wolf. Oh, Oh yeah. I was sure that would have been a great eighties. That's gotta be. I thought that was where you were going with, uh, with your eighties, uh, with your eighties werewolf. I mean, how many great eighties werewolves are there? Apparently three (laughs) 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 or two in a crowd. Yeah, (laughs) that is correct. All right. Todd Mack suitable uh, choice for you to go first on <laughs> your least favorite monster on the entire list, the shapeshifter. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and reveal my, uh, my strategy in case you didn't uh, pick up on it so far. <laughs> uh, I, I made this list uh, with my kids today. And so, <laughs> so this is the list of monsters uh, and other sundry creatures that I would want. You know, like if the end of the world comes and my kids have to face 
uh, the darkness. I want this to be their team. So, um, so I said shapeshifter, and immediately they all looked at me and said, "Hello, Maui from Moana." So we've got Maui from Moana, and I feel very comfortable with that pick. It's maybe the only, it's probably the only shapeshifter in all of fiction that I would feel comfortable hanging around, yeah, uh, hanging around my children. Not not too frightening. Yeah, no. So, uh, so I'm I'm going with Maui. I really like that pick. That that is an unexpected pick. All right, Todd Peterson, do you have a Disney animated shapeshifter I, coming our way? I do not. Um, but this um, choice was driven by a little thing I saw on the internet today about um, an actor who will be playing Dick Cheney in a biopic. And Okay, uh, we just got to reveal something be real kidding. quick. <laughs> because, uh, Are you kidding me? We just had an internet outage, so we were all separated for a moment. And Todd Peterson, while you were still working your some stuff out on your end, I was talking to Todd Mackett and producer Andrew about this, this very trailer that dropped today and how chameleon-like this performance So seems. my shapeshifter pick is Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was explaining it to my kids over dinner because we um, went to a lovely place called The Brick House in Cedar City. And we were eating and they were saying, well, what are you going to do for your draft tonight? And I said, this is going to be fun because you guys are older and you get a lot of the more of the pop culture references and so forth. So I said, Christian Bale and my wife almost snorted her drink right out of her nose. (laughs) (laughs) So we explained that he had done that role in the mechanic and then followed up by playing Batman, the machinist. That's right. And then the role in Batman. And I figured that that tied a lot of things because I've come on here and talked about Batman before. So Christian Bale as the shapeshifter. Well which, done. Which, I like that. I pick. don't. I don't care what your politics are. If you go watch that trailer and don't, well, someone would say, "Is that really Christian Bale?" You're not watching yeah. the trailer, right? It's <laughs> like yeah, it's, the <laughs> it's like the Gary Oldman um, Churchill, Darkest Hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> or um, yeah. And, and Daniel Day Lewis is, is probably the other as Lincoln, right? Where it's like, oh, when did they find Abraham Lincoln wandering around? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going in a completely different direction. Okay. Uh, mine is the Lagahoo. Anyone here familiar with the Lagahoo? Uh-huh. This is no. I don't know if I want to be, but continue. <laughs> I'm going to read a little from the recess. Sounds of my like mind a slash, slash Wikipedia. This sounds here. like a okay. knock knock joke. The Lagahoo. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes from the folklore of Trinidad and Tobago, and the Lagahoo is a shape shifting monster that seems like a human by day, but this creature takes on the form of a man with no head who roams the night with a wooden coffin on its neck. I don't know what? how I couldn't find a visual of that. <laughs> And on top of the coffin are three lighted candles and a long, uh, loose end of a heavy iron chain that is noosed around its waist and trails behind him. Often it is seen with chains around its neck, which change size. One appendage is sometimes said to be turned backwards and it can shape shift into various animals, including horses, pigs or goats and said to take on the form of a creature similar to a centaur, though it is also thought to be a bloodsucker. (laughs) <laughs> which oh is, is less gosh. to do about its food source than making to do, making do with such animals as cows and goats. And the Lagahu also possesses the ability to alter its size from tiny to gigantic in an instant. Now wait for it, guys. I haven't gotten to the best part <laughs> of this folklore. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Andrew, if you had to kill a Lagahu, what might you envision as the proper method of killing a Lagahu? I mean... I if I ever could have, to, had to confront one, you got to put it inside his own coffin. I like that thought. I would be absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
catatonic. <laughs> I'm almost catatonic at the thought of that thing. Just the description. My goodness. Todd Peterson, any thoughts on how to kill a Lagahu? It's a creature pulled like tailor made from the from the recesses of my uh, of my own personal nightmare. My goodness. I'm I'm so nervous be because me. it seems like it would be one of those things like throw water on it, but then maybe you just get more. Well, water is inv- involved. To kill the Lagahu, <laughs> you must. <laughs> Beat the creature. I can totally imagine. You're in. I'm like. I'm picturing this now. You've got a cup of water, and you're like, okay, this is either going to reduce it to a puddle, or it's going to make ten more. What do we do? Or it's a gremlin situation. <laughs> is it worth the risk, guys? If we land the water on the candles, it dies. If it hits the coffin, we got problems, guys. <laughs> is that how it goes? You have to no, put out no. the candles. Or? It says to kill the lagahu, one must beat the creature with a stick which has been anointed with holy water and holy oil. For nine days. <laughs> wow. And while beating the demon, it changes into other beasts, such as a snarling dog, a wild bull, and thunderous waves of water, and then will disappear into a mist. That is absolutely incredible. Wow. I don't... I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say, I'm suspicious that that thing really exists. <laughs> <laughs> I think what may have happened at some point is... Uh, someone maybe a little inebriated started beating a wild dog. <laughs> and someone came up and said, what are you doing beating that dog? Hold on. <laughs> I've got a reason. <laughs> I have my reasons. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so that's the shapeshifter. My shapeshifter is the Laga shows. Yeah. All right. So right oh, now my team God. is Storm, Michael Jackson in the Thriller video, and a Laga who. <laughs> and uh, Todd Mack, what's your team right now? I have uh, Mavis, uh, Professor Lupin, and Maui. Okay, and, and Todd Peterson. I am back now. Something happened. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, we should be okay, <laughs> okay. But we did not miss anything from you. Well, did you hear how to kill a Lagahu? That's the real question. I did not. Okay, you have to Which beat means... it with a stick that's been anointed with holy water and oil for nine days. Beat, beat it for nine days no, or anointed beat it for nine days. days yeah or was it anointed for nine days you know there is some <laughs> sentential ambiguity in the article i'm reading i assumed beat it for nine days straight you know joseph if you like that description sometime you should pull up but, jk rowling's explanation for how people turn into anime guy okay uh but uh maybe it's only been anointed for nine days but i mean how long do you how long does it take to anoint a stick right I I, i'm gonna go with beating for nine days I had I was totally envisioning uh, anointing it for nine days. That's like, what I was so, picturing too. Give but, it a good soak, good but soak. I, but I didn't understand. <laughs> but I also like don't know. It's like how are you supposed to keep beating it for nine days? That's a big hassle. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my mind around uh, the fact that it has no head and that it has a coffin around its neck that has three lighted candles on it. Like <laughs> I don't get that, it. How does how does that work? Yeah, if any really... of our listeners are engaging in Inktober, feel free to try and oh. sketch out a. A lagahu and put it on our Facebook page. My daughter is Nick, doing Nick that. So we're talking to you. We should. I should tell her about this thing because she her Inktober picture for yesterday was a woman sleeping with spiders crawling all over her. Ugh. It was ah. just awful. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's do a quick recap, Joseph. What What is your team right uh, now? Just Storm, Michael Jackson from Thriller, and uh, a, a lagahu. I mean. Bloodstorm, not not yeah. average. Storm. Yeah, vampire storm. Bloodstorm. Who now is she? When she appears occasionally in Marvel comics as a vampire, she is referred to as Bloodstorm. Yeah. Okay, Todd Mack, what is your collection? 
I've got Mavis from Hotel Transylvania. I have Professor Lupin from Harry Potter and uh, Maui from Moana. Okay, and Todd Peterson. Oh, keeping the little kids safe. Yes, Elric of Melno Bonet and the Werewolves of London and Christian Bale. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so we are back to Todd Peterson for uh, beginning round number four which is featuring witch, wizard, warlock, or sorcerer. Um, sort of generic magic and potion users. Man, I went straight forward the first time and was going to go, you know, like Sabrina, the teenage witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I deci- I got really captivated by potion user. Um, and I said, oh, I really want to try to dig into this. So I went Dr. Jekyll. Oh, I, that I think a chemistry potion is valid. Not yeah, not a strictly magical potion, but a chemistry. I mean, you may have noticed at this point, listeners, anything is going to be valid. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, but, <laughs> but any this, any this is relatively loose. Any sufficiently um, uh, advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so so Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, or or well, I, I don't know with? that Hyde is the potion user, so I went with Jekyll. Yeah, my uh, my four year old has a little action figure from a Scooby Doo episode that had Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and you, it's it shows Mister Hyde, and you can pull off this little cover, and then there's Doctor Jekyll underneath, and so he he like has now started putting the Mister Hyde cover on other action figures and bringing it up to me and saying, "Who do you think Mister Hyde is now?" And I see like a Batman cape sticking out the back. He's <laughs> 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 like, "It's Batman." <laughs> okay, so. Dr. Jekyll. All right. I like that pick a lot. Joseph, what is your magic <clears throat> or potion user? All right. My my general theme is eclectic, but there is a sub theme besides 1980s music of I wanted to discover what folklore exists out there. <laughs> now, I feel like you're dipping t- maybe strongly into another category by going for so much folklore. But Well, I mean, this is a witch themed folklore about the Guajona of the Cantabrian region of Spain. Now, Todd, as our Spain expert, what is the the Cantabrian region? Well, it's um, I, I, we would call it the Cantabrian region, but oh, it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's in the much. north of Spain. It's it's very uh, it's mountainous um, and kind of rugged, and it's a place where people have generally wanted to be sort of left alone and. Um, uh, it it it's rarely conquered by conquering armies. They tend to sort of leave it alone. May, they would say because they're not interested. The Cantabrians would say because because they're them <laughs> and they're unconquerable. Uh, but like the Romans never really conquered Cantabria, um, uh, even though they spent two hundred years trying to conquer the the entire peninsula. They eventually just kind of let them go. So it's a, a, a tough place full of tough people. Okay. Well, in their folklore, they have the Guajona, uh, which is a uh, human female witch figure. However, she is covered from head to toe. And I'm just reading for Wikipedia at this point, covered from head to toe in an old thin black cloak. Her hands and feet are gnarled bird legs. Her face is yellow with consumed rough, hairy warts. <laughs> <laughs> her eyes uh, are tiny and bright as stars. Um, however, I, important point, uh, in her mouth, she has a single black razor-sharp tooth, which is so long that it reaches down under her chin. 
Anyone want to guess what she does with this razor tooth? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she comes out at night, hides in shadows, uh, and then she will go into homes without getting noticed and walk silently towards healthy young children. Oh, I was just going to say that in chest <laughs> to suck their blood in their sleep by sticking her tooth into their veins, which does not kill them. I'm guessing there's some witch magic involved because somehow they live without their blood at this point. It leaves them bloodless so that when they wake up in the morning, they will be tired, pale and discolored. This is just kids with bedhead in the morning. Oh, the Guahona came last night, I see. Oh, my goodness. That is, uh, people so, are sick. Yeah, that's, that's really gross. So joining my Lagahu is the Guahona. Okay. Okay. Um, Todd Mack, can you, can you cleanse our palate? <laughs> Yes, I can. I'm going with uh, my favorite witch of all witches, um, Hermione Gr- Granger. I, I was She's sure that's where it would go. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I there are so many things that I love about Hermione, but uh, we're we're listening to Prisoner of Azkaban right now, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and just uh, <laughs> we just read the scene where she uh, slaps Malfoy in the face, and my kids they just died. Like they erupted in laughter and cheers in the car driving to school. And I thought, yes, Hermione, there is a reason why you are the witch on my team because you are awesome. I love Hermione. Okay. A little different flavor than my Guahona. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I feel like my team would, uh, would be fighting, trying to fight off your team. Really? I mean, these last two in particular, yes, for sure. I'm not, I'm not going to argue this. <laughs> it's uh, going to get weirder. Just, just uh. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so Joseph, you get to open the floor for the alien or outer space threats, excluding alien robots. And there's a good reason for that. You'll see next round. <laughs> all right. Um, I want you all to envision one of the most iconic scenes from the empire strikes back. The row of bounty hunters that are arrayed. Uh huh. And of those bounty hunters, I want on my I, team. It can't be IG-88. I don't want IG-88. I'm not going with an alien robot. I'm even, going with even Bosk. Though, even the, though IG-88 is probably the best one. Out of oh, I don't know. Bosk. Bosk, the lizard man in a fi- in a it's, pilot's flight uniform. Yeah. That is my alien <laughs> that I want on my team. Pilot, Bosk, yeah. with exposed claw toes. Yes, the claw toes on the, on the, uh, the railings of the, uh, the Empire ships, which never have any handrails. It's just... You know, right on the edge. Mm-hmm. These claw toes are, are sticking over. Yeah, so I'm going with Bosk, uh, one of the bounty hunters from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. Mm. Okay, Todd Mack. You're not going to believe this. Uh, so uh, we you had... also pisc- picked Bosk? <laughs> I did not pick Bosk. I'm going to... Oh, just knowing your methodology, I've got one in my head. I'm going to yell out, nailed it if I'm right. Okay, so uh, there was no small amount of debate at the at the Mac dinner table this evening about who we should pick to be on our team from from outer space. Uh, but eventually, uh, we found consensus with Chewbacca. Oh, nice pick. That is not what I had in mind. I had Stitch in my mind from oh. Leland Stitch. Ah, Stitch would have been a good one. There were there's a lot of. Uh, there are a, a lot of great alien, uh, like monsters nice, nice for aliens kids. for, for nice Todd aliens. Family. Oh yeah. 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 E. T. yeah the kids. Or well, I guess we shouldn't list them off. just in case Todd Peterson is <laughs> drawing from that same. Well, right. Maybe, um. maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
So we've got two Star Wars picks for our aliens, Todd Peterson. If we go three for three, that would really be something. Here comes Borg Gullet <laughs> from Rogue One. I am not going Star Wars, but I'm going a similar era. And I'm going to go with Xenomorph XX121. Oh, I had Xenomorphs down. And, but but <laughs> like like the, the classic alien from the Alien yes, franchise. Yes, and even more classic because, I, well, I wanted to do this one because it has a story. When I, I was a film major as an undergrad, and I was in the editing bay um, working on a project, and what I decided to do was watch the original Alien, Ridley Scott Alien, with the film editor so I could, like, freeze frame it. And then run it through it slow. Mm. And so the xenomorph that's on my team is not the one that's out in your face and you see it and it's all snap, snap, snap. This is the one that's in the shadows because all through the production. I was, I was going to say. I've, yeah, that xenomorph is like it's everywhere, but you can't really see it I, except for. I've heard that it's pretty much always yes. there. And so that is the xenomorph, the, the the contours of the shadow xenomorph, because that's quite literally one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. And I shouldn't have been talking about it because tonight will be miserable. <laughs> I, I still have a memory of like one of my first true moments of terror in my childhood was I think Alien was going to be on TV. My parents said, oh, it'll be edited, kids. If you want to watch it, you can watch it. I made it to the first appearance of a xenomorph. And then I was Hard pass on watching the rest of that movie. <laughs> Don't worry about it tonight, Todd Peterson. If you uh, if you feel scared, you can just go lie down on a soft feather pillow. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that will make everything feel better. Oh, okay. Oh my um, goodness. So uh, Todd Mack gets to open up round six, which is robots. Um, including artificial intelligences and and computer things. Not so this like, is where Hal might make yeah, an appearance. So, so any um, artificial intelligence, computer, or robot. Okay, I'm going to call an audible on my own children right now. Oh. <laughs> make an executive decision here um, because I, I think that they don't know what's good for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to have to know what they picked at some point too. I'll tell you at the end. Uh, I'm going with the Iron Giant. Oh, did they have Wally before? No, no. Okay. Iron Giant no, is didn't. a I'll great pick. The Iron I'll Giant is a, bit, but... it's a fantastic I, robot, especially. Giant I have robot. the 30th anniversary edition hardback of the book right on my desk. Really? Hmm. My son watched that on the airplane. Uh, we we had a a plane ride last week and it was their first time and uh my son was browsing the movies and he said he said what's this this is my six-year-old and i said that's the iron giant i think i think that's the one you need to watch and he was (laughs) like oh man he was so into it he really really liked it Uh, so iron giant it it really holds up it's so good i i think more than holds up i think it's gotten better with age probably all right a good uh, one. Todd Peterson, do you have a robot? I fear that this is going to uh, devastate somebody, but I went with the HAL 9000. I think that's a, a wonderful choice. I, 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 I'm try- I was trying to run a kind of theme here, um, you know, with these things that are just outside the periphery, like where, you know, 
the thing that would fall almost entirely inside of one circle of the Venn diagram and things that might come out outside. But um, I chose the HAL 9000 because we have an Alexa in the house now and it's just freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> so HAL 9000 is of course the uh the robot or the computer system in 2001 a space odyssey that mm-hmm. goes a little wonky that's i mean <laughs> causes some trouble for the uh the astronauts that's right it's so good yeah and yet remains perfectly calm it's not like a maniacal yes. yeah uh, it does it, it, it's a completely kind of emotionless delivery and that that is everything. what's so frightening and, and i was sort of pairing it against the xenomorph which is so frightening because it's you know, it's like deep limbic system fear. And Hal mm. is like lawful evil. <laughs> I like that description. Yeah. All right. Uh, I said my, my list is going to get eclectic. This is where it really starts to say what people may wonder what I'm doing. I chose the Curiosity Rover on Mars. Oh, I- <laughs> What? Like the actual rover? Yeah, I want that. I want. I want that. It's, it's your. It's your Christian Bale pick. <laughs> yes, that is so awesome. The, the real world figure. Is it because it it sadly sings itself happy birthday every year? <laughs> There's so much to love about that little <laughs> rover, and I did enjoy seeing someone saying the only confirmed planet in the universe that is solely inhabited by robots is Mars. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I have to say though that we've been doing this wrong because have you? Do you guys ever watch the Goldbergs? Murray Goldberg. The, uh, I've I've seen a little. Murray Goldberg, the father of the Goldbergs, is making fun of his son, who's you know kind of a nerd and likes all of this kind of eighties science fiction stuff. And he always calls a robot robot. And so, <laughs> and so my family now all says robot, including my thirteen year old, and it cracks us up every time. So as I was thinking about this, I was hoping that at some point in time I would just get to say robot because that's how we do this, and it's just the the most dismissive parent thing to the passion of a child that could ever be done is his insistence on just saying robot over and over and over again <laughs> so my robot is how night does okay um then we are on to number seven. Oh, i'll say right now my kids pick for robot was oh. k2 from rogue one mostly because of the one scene when um when she shoots she shoots the the imperial droid and then he says, did you know that wasn't me? And she's like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and my kids think that's like the funniest thing ever. And so they said it has to be K2. But um, but if I have to choose between K2 and the Iron Giant to protect my children against a, an onslaught of Joe's monsters. <laughs> hey, I, the they're not all monsters. The Curiosity Rover. <laughs> okay. One of the greatest achievements in human history is on my team. <laughs> okay, that's true. Um, so I believe we have Todd Peterson with the first pick for what is the category? Uh, number seven is doll puppet or toy. Uh, this, uh, yeah, this is like my uh, least favorite. This category. one upset me to a great deal. I want to hear did after, after we make our picks. I do want to hear the alternates that everyone had like run through as a possibility for this category. Uh, oh, I just got, I just got chills. Just thinking um, it also about includes it. This, was, I, this, the, this was probably the category. This was probably the cat. This and one of the other categories that's coming up convinced me that I wanted to just do nice things. <laughs> is is it what are your buzz from Toy Story for you, Todd? Matt? <laughs> but but Todd Peterson gets the first pick on this one. So, so y- y- yes, I pick Babyface, which is Sid's toy 
from Toy Story with, like, with the, the, the that was on set. my list. Yes, with the erector set legs and the baby <laughs> head because mm-hmm. um, that movie is so benign otherwise, but that thing upsets me. T- that, that thing in particular. So and creepy. and I've had a you know I've read some articles and I've thought like everybody thinks like Sid is the worst, but he's actually the kind of kid that you want like not passive. I mean, he's out there like like building things. He's a maker kid. But in anyways, in the context of that story, baby baby face is so upsetting. Like if I would have seen seen that as a parent, I would be like, I got to go take this kid to get help. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. also in the context of that story, that was a living doll that he took its head off of. Right. <laughs> and attached to the original Right. And the movements. I mean, it's just, it's the ultimate sort of like cybernetic connection of things. Anyway, baby face. My alternate is, is, oh, I- is upsetting in a different way. I'll say. Okay. It. Okay. Uh, Joseph, mine comes from one of the creepiest episodes of the podcast, Lore. You're not allowed to talk about this doll, Joseph, uh, because this is the uh, most upsetting <laughs> episode of Lore that Aaron Mankey had ever produced. Yes, Lore is a podcast that first was recommended to me by Todd on air on the protagonist podcast. And it's it is a very, very good podcast. It's a collection of creepy stories. And one of them is about a doll named Robert, also known as oh my gosh. Robert the Doll. <laughs> And that's all we're going to say about it, because you can go listen to the episode if you really want to be uncomfortable. Or read the Wikipedia page. Yeah. But uh, it's it's one of the... Or watch, there's an episode about it on Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, gosh. So, Robert... Uh, no, it oh, is... Joseph, don't talk about Robert, please. <laughs> I, did, I, need to get, I need to do some for our listeners to Andrew. Oh. Robert the doll is uh, this, like, child-sized doll that's dressed in a little sailor's outfit that was given to a boy named Robert. And who named his doll Robert. And apparently this boy and the doll uh, both wore a little sailor's outfit a lot. But what gets weird is that he held on to this doll until he was an adult and insisted that it be in the house where he lived with his wife. And the wife would see the doll move. Sometimes she'd wake up at night and see the doll in the bedroom when it was supposed to have been in the attic. One time it was in the bedroom and had a kitchen knife in its hand. Which is inappropriate, Robert the doll. <laughs> that is not what you should be doing. Uh, so it, it supposedly moves around uh, and would talk, and Robert the adult man would not allow anything to happen to Robert the doll, <laughs> which is the weirdest part of all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, if your wife says, honey, that doll is moving, you get rid of the doll. But he's just like, no, it's my doll. <laughs> I mean, I got the impression that he was afraid of Robert the doll, too. Yeah, that he wouldn't. Yeah, he's yeah. like, no, I can't get rid of him. He will do bad things. <laughs> But uh, uh, it is it is uh, like one of the few episodes of lore where at the end, Aaron Mankey doesn't basically, you know, present the thesis and humans were the monsters all along. This one ends and it's like, that doll's creepy. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so messed up. Oh, my goodness. Close, the, close uh, yeah. that tab, Joseph. Close that tab. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I've, I've got a picture of Robert the doll up on my, on my web browser. Okay, I'm glad that I get to finish out this round. Uh, as you can imagine, we had a fierce debate about which Toy Story toy was going to was going to to make it onto our team. Uh, but very quickly, um, my children settled on there was some there was some uh, there was some consideration for Rex. But in the end, uh, it's it's actually Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Mr. Potato what? Head from Toy Story is on our Getting team. Getting a little snark in on your. Uh... Uh, yeah. Team. Yeah, they uh, apparently when when uh, when faced with the onslaught, uh, the, the the kids want Mr. Potato Head there with them. They put on his angry eyes. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, just real quick, some other options that I had were uh, oh man, Talky Tina from that Twilight Zone episode. Oh I yeah, don't know if remember that? I don't I, know I, that, I, and I don't even want to. I know. had the baby doll just spider in Toy Story. Uh, do you remember the Doctor Who episode when they're trapped inside of a dollhouse and there's these like human-sized dolls with weird faces walking around? Oh, that's a creepy one. I was thinking about the Doctor Who yes. mannequin episode mm. with uh, Christopher Eccleston. That was on my list. Uh, also, Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> yep. The in the in the lore episode, uh, Aaron Mankey talks about um, Char- Charlie McCarthy, who is a ventriloquist doll. Um, that also was kind of like Robert, like kind of creepy uh and the 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 man edgar bergen is the the guy that that what talked talked for him and treated it like a sibling in the family and the and ha- had a daughter but but like only get left his inheritance to the doll and not the daughter oh it, jerk move that is crazy my <laughs> al- my alternate it's was the up. bed puppet from poltergeist Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Acceptable. Classic. Classic. <laughs> and I, all right. Just, okay. Real quick. Yeah. No. No. One thing. On. The other oh. one I had was uh, when I was house hunting uh, oh. when we were moving down here <laughs> to, uh, from from our previous uh, location, and and so I'm going around with uh, my realtor, and there's one house where there was a lovely, kindly older couple who had obviously lived in this house for decades, and they were going to be moving. Um, and we're we're going through the house, and then we go into one room. And it is floor to ceiling shelves lined with dolls staring. And immediately the realtor and I looked at each other. He's like, you can't get this house. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this house. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it had to be dozens and dozens of dolls just perched. And it felt like they were all watching us move through the room, which was a very brief enter and spin (laughs) and leave. (laughs) We did that um, when I was a missionary in Spain. We went into this woman's house, and her name was Purification, Purificación. And uh, we were kind of laughing because that was her name. And we're like, oh, you know, she she invited us in for, I don't know, something. And we stepped in, in this room, and it was full of dolls, like yeah. like that. <laughs> and uh, And then on the mirror, there was a mirror, and there was a date written in red lipstick, Ugh. like – in the most creepy fashion possible <laughs> on the mirror. And I looked at my, I looked at my companion. I was like, it's time. For was that to go. the date you entered the house, Todd? <laughs> no, it was just so weird. The date is oh, so you knocked strange. on the door. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So I want no to more. direct everybody's attention to di- the Slack channel right now. Um, and perhaps we can share this with listeners later. Um, I will describe it. <laughs> oh my goodness what is that so this is part of of, of our fam <laughs> so what they're all recoiling at is this picture of a, of a rubber baby doll head and um it would be better if somebody else describes the what you're seeing there um it kind of reminds me i mean i haven't seen goonies in a long time right but it reminds me of that guy from goonies yeah <laughs> And so, Ooh. and so, um, one of my wife's sisters got that doll for us as a joke, and because it was like this, it's a baby doll face, and it's making this horrible, horrible, like it's sort of sick, or maybe it's not a baby at all, but old. And so, it was all <laughs> yeah. part of a whole baby doll body, and we were all laughing about it, just laughing, laughing, laughing. And my sweet, sweet, sweet son grabbed that doll and looked, gave everybody the stink eye, and just um, said, "Don't worry, baby." 
don't worry, baby. And just would say that over and over again. And so that, so we have just that the head and the body is somewhere else in my office, but that baby's name is don't worry, baby. Um, which is so funny because, you know, the song, don't worry, baby, something I'm going to, I'm going to do something bigger with it at some point in time in my life. But I thought I just really wanted to send that to you all so that you could see really how horrible the regular old world is. Oh, that's awful. The next image. Okay, I'm just posting. Uh, I'm just posting into the Slack channel. This is um, what's his name? Uh, this is the New Orleans, the, uh, the New Orleans NBA mascot. His name is King Cake oh, Baby. Dear. If you have not seen this, this is a mascot, and it, is, it looks like like the like the full size version of of. Don't worry. So you should, yes, everybody should go to the protagonist website and take a look at these pictures. Yeah, we'll put them on the Facebook fan yeah, page. The, the Facebook page will have them. The Facebook page. It is so deep it in is the so, comments so that so, you don't accidentally see it. Yes. Or maybe that'll be the uh, cover image for this episode. <laughs> we'll be no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. You can't. But anyways, this, the, thematically what it is, is it's, a, it's about the stuff that Todd Mack is talking about. Like... We were all seeing this as adults from one perspective, and it's the kid that looked and said, oh, that must that baby must be sad, so it needs to be comforted. And it's like, oh, we're terrible people, and that child is the greatest. <laughs> or that child is being manipulated by the doll, influencing them. <laughs> um, okay, we are cutting away from the dolls. We're, we're, I'm cutting it now. Joseph, okay. you have Giant Monster. Okay, this was maybe my hardest one. Um, and I, this also includes, um, bugs of unusual size. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's some great large bugs in pop culture history. Um, but then like many of my other picks, I was in Wikipedia and I looked up giant fauna in folklore. <laughs> there's a web page, a Wikipedia okay. page on that where I discovered <clears throat> the headless mule, which is wow. uh, Brazilian folklore. Uh, in most tales, this is the ghost of a woman that has been cursed by God for her sins and condemned to, to turn into a fire spewing giant headless mule that gallops through the countryside from <laughs> Thursday sundown to Friday sunrise. <laughs> it's podcasting time for it's us. So specific. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there you go. The headless mule. <laughs> Uh, apparently this one goes back away and just say the mule's appearance varies greatly from region to region of Brazil, but it's, it seems to be, and yeah. it, is this an unusually, this is an unusually large. Yeah, it was, mule. it was included under giant fauna. So I say, yeah, okay. it, it seems like it is a, yeah, an unusually large fire spewing de- headless mule. Now, when I hear, where does it spew the fire? Yeah, exactly. When I hear fire spewing, I'm imagining like nostrils and mouth action, action, right? Just fire, but it's mm-hmm. headless. So I assume from the gaping hole where it's head supposed to be, so yeah. Still fire, yeah. There's still fire, just churning okay. out of that. I, I, I prefer. I imagine the fire as, going as straight up. Mm. What was your Todd? I imagine the fire. I imagine the fire going straight up in like the Ghost air, Rider out, out of the hole. <laughs> yeah, like Ghost Rider. Well, important yeah, exactly. note. I'm just uh, reading through the Wikipedia page a little deeper than I had before. Despite being headless, the mule still neighs very loudly. <laughs> Why? Why do we do this? Hey, oh, hey, wait, wait. Uh, oh, hey, a little Joseph? answer. It says sometimes the fire will spew from its non-existing nostrils. So, like, there's just fire 
appearing in several front inches of. above the neck space. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, Joseph, I have a quick question. Yeah. Can you identify the difference between a headless horse and a large headless mule? Because <laughs> I can't. I can't, but I trust a good cryptozoologist could definitely okay. tackle that for us. Yeah, it's a, it, obviously, this is a mule, not just a horse. This is an enlarged mule. <laughs> okay, uh, Todd Mack? Um, this one was an easy one for us uh, immediately. Um, uh, the tree from the movie A Monster Calls. This is a very good film by uh, Juan Bayona, uh, who's a, a Catalan director. And the film has um, Liam Neeson voices the this giant uh, tree that turns into a tree monster, and uh, comes and visits this kid and helps him deal with his uh, his mother's cancer, and it's really good. He's like kind of scary, but uh, also um, really wise and uh, and helps this little boy to to deal with. The trauma of his sick mom and my kids love that film and i did too and so it's the tree all right it's a good film i i want to watch it i've had it recommended by several people so i will probably get around to that all right todd peterson giant monster this is uh i wanted to go toho studios and so i kind of went through all of them but you know there was I know them. I didn't have any kind of personal attachment, so I decided to stay Japanese and go Totoro. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great choice. Yeah, I mean, it's no headless mule, but it's a good choice, <laughs> right? And it's a, that's a, that's a big thing for our family. You know, the these are my kids are Studio Ghibli nuts, and so I just thought I'd go that way. That's very pleasant. Yeah. I, I like don't it. think he fits in well with the rest of your crew, but <laughs> that that was the fun part. No, Totoro should be right. on my yeah. team. Okay. He's welcoming. When I get when we get to the dinner. next one, it's gonna completely uh cross that out, so we're <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh Todd Mack, you get to begin the historical terrors. So these are perhaps, you know, uh, mythologized but historically recorded. Something happened here. Some somebody did some stuff here, and there's like an official name and, and things like that. So not quite so, urban legends, but um, well, okay. Well, I, I may need to uh, skirt some of those <laughs> those guidelines when <laughs> when it's my pick, but we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, so Todd Mack. Okay, this is definitely definitely the category that that convinced me that I did not want to go super scary. Um, if you. If you look even just a little bit into um, like real true historical terrors, um, you will very quickly become aware of just how monstrous <laughs> humans can be, and uh, like there is no there's no end to what <laughs> what, what people have done. Todd, Todd I've got to. I, I, I couldn't even take it. I've got a secret for you. What uh, my item on each of these lists has been, man. Man, man, human. Yeah. Yeah. Man is always the real monster. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, I couldn't even, I really, I couldn't bring myself to, to, to do it. And so, uh, so then that was when I decided I'm just going to ask my kids and, uh, they decided on, we decided on a uh, Nicholas Flamel who was a person 
and uh, is immortal. And I, as far as I know, is not a serial killer um, or a or a historical terror, but is kind of a legendary figure who is uh, probably, um, you know, I don't know. It was as close as I could come. I just I can't I, I couldn't I couldn't do I couldn't yeah, bring myself a, to a amplified to historical figure. Yeah, legendary. Uh, so we're we're going with Nicholas Flamel. Okay, uh, Todd Peterson. I was gonna go down the same path, you know, and I looked up Gary Gilmore because of Utah and all that other kind of stuff, and decided I wanted to go into that space of kind of history we don't know anymore, and I went with Genghis Khan. Hey, he was a terror. <laughs> yeah, so. he was a terror, a terror, but it, but but sort of out there into. Is it possible that the the legend of Genghis Khan exceeded Genghis Khan's Genghis Khanness? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I thought that would be an interesting kind of person. Plus, I imagine in some whatever kind of like Night at the Museum collection of this in some film, <laughs> it would just be great to have Genghis Khan on a horse riding around, not being able to talk to anybody. Joseph, all right, mine's a little different than your guys's. Uh, I found a figure that was uh, first appeared in a woodcut pamphlet published in 1678. So I, f- I figured that pamphlet is my historical object. Okay, and this pamphlet is published telling the story. Uh, well, it tells of a farmer in Hertfordshire who, refusing to pay the price demanded by a laborer to mow his field, made a bold statement. Uh, and this is the story of the mowing devil. I, I was going to say, this is one of the early um, crop circles. Yes, this scenarios. is often. Yeah. So uh, he, this farmer swore that rather than pay his dues uh, to his laborer, he would have the devil mow his field. And then he published this pamphlet swearing this, that this is the truth. And I'm just going to read the entire pamphlet. Uh, the mowing devil or strange news out of Hertfordshire. And this has like the old timey F that lo- or S that looks like yeah. an F. So yeah, it's, it's uh, being a true relation of a farmer who bargaining with a poor mower about the cutting down three half acres of oats upon the mowers asking too much. The farmer swore that the devil should mow it rather than he and lo, it fell out that that very night, the crop of oats shooed as if it had been all of a flame, but next morning appeared to neatly uh, appeared so neatly mowed by the devil or some infernal spirit that no mortal man was able to do the like. Also how the laid oats now uh, lie now in the field and the owner has not power to fetch them away. <laughs> and, and there's an illustration in the uh, pamphlet published in 1678. Yeah, the farmer a, felt the need to make a pamphlet a about the, uh, the mowing devil. And as Andrew said, uh, this is often credited as like the first story of a crop circle, like the unexplained felling of a field. <laughs> that is thanks, thanks history channel 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we need a quick recap of everyone's yeah. teams. Um, Todd yeah, Peterson, could you tell good. us who we have so far? Um, for me, I have Elric of Melna Benet from old Michael Moorcock novels, The Werewolves of London, straight out of the War on Zevon song, Christian Bale for his ability to change character, Dr. Jekyll <laughs> as a potion drinker, the Xenomorph from Alien, Hal 9000, Sid's uh, erector set baby head toy, the baby face, uh, and Totoro. And Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Todd Mack, what is what is your team? All right, I've got 
I've got Mavis from Hotel Transylvania, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, Maui from Moana, uh, Hermione Granger, uh, Chewbacca, We've got the Iron Giant, Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story, uh, the Tree from A Monster Calls, and Nicholas Flamel. All right, and I have Vampire Storm from X-Men Comics, Michael Jackson from the Thriller video, the Lagahu from Trinidad and Tobagan folklore, the Guajona from uh, some Spanish folklore, uh, Bosque from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Curiosity, the Mars rover, uh, currently on Mars, doing its thing, Robert the Doll, <laughs> uh, the Headless Mule from Brazilian folklore, and the Mowing Devil from an English pamphlet from the late 1600s. <laughs> okay, uh, round number 10 of 13. Joseph, you get a lead off with cryptids. Uh, and for anyone, it's kind of an, it's, it's not a normal term. What is a cryptid? Uh, cryptid is like the, the folklore animals, Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster would fit into there. The, the historically and mythologically, like this is a weird animal that probably is not nice to people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, went with the obvious choice here. Mongolian death worms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but assume that I don't know yeah, about okay, yeah, yeah. In, in my expansive cryptid knowledge. Yeah, Mongolian death worms are uh, worms that go burrow underneath the surface of sand in Mongolia. And if you see uh, little stripes in the sand, that could be the trail of a Mongolian death worm. And it's not the evidence of just wind. sand being yeah. blown by no, the wind. No, no, this is a Mongolian death worm, uh, which is, uh, I think, five to six feet long. If Whoa. you If you touch it, its poison kills you. If you see it, it will spit poison on you. That will kill you. Basically, it kills you. <laughs> is what the Mongolian okay. <laughs> death worm does. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Let me just. Okay, yeah. The, the 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 worms I'm reading from Wikipedia are between two and five feet long. Are thick bodied. Uh, and now, when you say first, are, you mean are said to be said to be. <laughs> yes, the first description that was written down that we are aware of is from 1922. Uh, which says it is shaped like a sausage about two feet long, has no head nor leg. And it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. And it lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi desert. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So Mongolian death worms. I, I, it, it, I will say it gets a little sketchy because it says touching it will cause instant death and tremendous pain, which those two things I don't know. You <laughs> <laughs> have in that instant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and its venom will corrode metals. So uh, corroded metals also a sign that uh, some death worms may have been around. I don't know if I believe in this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 apt to believe in a lot of cryptids, but well, maybe not a lot. In a few cryptids, this is not going to be among them. But the name Mongolian death worm is pretty fantastic. Uh, that is a pretty pretty good name. Uh, Todd Mack. Okay. Um, this one was tricky because uh, my kids, I feel like they're not super familiar with a lot of cryptid uh, stuff. Your, your have kids haven't really reached that age. Them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't scarred them uh, to, to, to that point yet. Um, so I, I went out ahead and just picked this one on my own. Uh, I'm going with Bigfoot from Harry and the Hendersons. That movie, mm -hmm. you know? Yep, that's the one. So, nice big thing. <laughs> okay. In, in researching this, I did come across, 
as you may have noticed, I was doing some research on Wikipedia. In uh, a- Australian Aboriginal folklore, there's they a creature called a yowie. a yowie, which you read the description, you're like, they have a Bigfoot in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> it's Australian Bigfoot, yeah. yowie. I-, I was not familiar with that before. Uh, Todd Peterson. We almost oh. also we almost also went with the uh, with the abominable snowman from Smallfoot, but none of us have seen. We that could have yet. done the uh, abominable snowman from uh, Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also oh yeah we thought about the one from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, but I don't think the he's bumble. very nice. The bumble. He's well, nice in the end. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. much nicer you, when you, you just, take out your team. Seat. Would your team would have to teach him a lesson about oh, kindness? That's right. And I think your team would be capable of teaching him a lesson about kindness. <laughs> I think they really. Yeah. I really think that they would. Uh, this is team kindness, uh, but 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 yeah. So we're going with uh, Harry and the Hendersons with the with the station wagon and yeah, okay. He can drive it. All right, Todd Peterson. I'm going to go pretty straightforward, and we've already visited this pretty deeply. But I'm going to go Chupacabra, um, mm-hmm. just 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 <sighs> because of the pick. goat stuff. You know, just the the goat sucker. Yeah, the goat yeah. sucker. Um, but it's pretty great, and you know. You can actually find people in Texas who are like, come on now, this is real. So I kind of like that space of where it's like, you know, it's not quite a jackalope, but mm-hmm. but people are saying that, you know, and you can dig down into it and say, it's just really rabid dogs, people seeing it at night, maybe when they're drunk or something. But I, Chupacabra is so great and it's so, it's so kind of nitty gritty. I wanted to go for that. Plus, who doesn't like yeah. seeing Chupacabra? I, I think that's one of the reasons that it's such a uh, powerful cryptid option. Now, um, when I was living in Mexico, they there were definitely stories of people who will swear chupacabra, mm-hmm. 100% real. And from what, when I was looking at the Mongolian death worm, there are people there who swear this thing exists mm-hmm. as well. I just love the, the, like, the depth of detail you'll find if you research the chupacabra. It's like hollow tongue. Yeah. And, and you yeah. Know, like its exact description. Yeah. I've heard bug eyes, you know, all this stuff. It's like, Bat it's like, okay, that's pretty intense. And have you seen the videos <laughs> okay. of these guys that go out like hunting them? Like that, at least that's what they no, tell I, their I wives, you know, subset of YouTube. Yeah. There's a, there's <laughs> a thing. I knew there was the Bigfoot hunters on YouTube. Oh, I've spent way, way too much of my <laughs> life. Uh, looking at Bigfoot. Can you tell videos me uh, what person, like YouTube. how many hours do you consider way too much of your life? <laughs> Like at what point did you say I've crossed the line? I think I think it's the like <laughs> well the the time that you search for it in the search bar on YouTube <laughs> instead of just letting it passively come across your feed. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just say it would be measured not in minutes. <laughs> Do you bring up like a private tab so that nobody can go back and find out how much time? <laughs> it's always it's always in association with this episode of yeah. the podcast. The, the Halloween year, so. episode. I'm like, well, let me let me yes. see if there's anything new on the Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> they refine that Patterson video. <laughs> well, with drones and cell phones now, there's just so much opportunity. I just uh, I trust. If they ever do spot Bigfoot, I will hear about it without having to search through YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I land on that one. Like, I, I want cryptids to exist. Like, if I, I, I want them to, but I don't really mm-hmm. believe in them. But I really want them all to exist. I don't know if I want them all to exist. <laughs> I, I, I think the world would be a little more magical if they all did. <laughs> There's a lot of cryptids <laughs> on that on that list in, yeah. in Wikipedia. Okay. Um, we are on to... Uh, Todd Mack, you get this pick, right? Uh, or, sure. I don't know. I feel like it's been yeah, a while yeah, since yeah. I left. All right, then, then you get to 
Oh no, I think I let off on cryptids. No, I was Mongolian deathworms. I, I let off with that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so right. it's it's Utah, Mac. Um, okay. So aquatic creature. Some crossover right. with cryptids possible here. <laughs> I um I made the mistake the other day of so uh, my six year old again like this is the perfect this is this is right in his wheelhouse right now because he's really into um, monsters he's very into dinosaurs and sharks those are his two favorite things right now and uh, I I made the mistake of showing him because he's so into sharks I said Ian look at this and I showed him the trailer for the new movie The Meg <laughs> and. <laughs> There's a part where the there's a part in that trailer where the 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 shark is about to eat a boat full of people, <laughs> and I turned it off, and he goes, "I want to see what happens," and I was like, "No, I think that's enough." And now he's begging me, begging me, "You have to take me to see that movie. I want to see the Meg." I'm like, I really, I really don't think. Wait, that you Todd, want to did see you the have Meg. the Meg in our box office picks? <laughs> <Is this? laughs> uh, yes, I did. And you're still not you're trying to find still... an excuse to go see it. <laughs> Bad. No, really not. I'm really not looking for an excuse to take my six-year-old to see the Meg. Um, but when I said giant creatures uh, from the sea, he immediately said, we have to pick the Megalodon. But I just, I'm just having a hard time imagining the megalodon fitting in this in this uh in this, yeah, your, your this team, team definitely team has a theme my, my team is a little more just eclectic whatever went on that team <laughs> what <laughs> caught my attention yours has a purpose it seems and i haven't seen the movie the meg and maybe it turns out that it's really a nice megalodon i don't, I don't think it's, it's just misunderstood no, i think that's the twist they were going for <laughs> <laughs> turns out jason Statham so was we, the bad guy <laughs> So we decided to pivot uh, from the Megalodon, and we eventually found one that everyone did agree on. And it is um, a monster that at first is very scary, but turns out to be very nice. And this is, of course, Teka slash Tefiti from Moana. Okay. Yeah. Well, it definitely fits into Who, your uh, team. First is a de- scary, de- scary lava monster and turns out to be nice uh, green island monster. Mm-hmm. And it definitely would have a place on your team as presently constituted. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, uh, Todd Peterson. I'm going straight up the middle with this one. Jaws. Mm-hmm. The jaw, you know, the mm. jaws shark. It's a good one. It's just, uh, it's it's quintessential. Um, and and part of it is because I was trying to be, you know, a little scary, and the Loch Ness monster is just so wonderful. And and not scary to me at all, so I went Jaws. All right, all Joseph. Right. This is gonna be shocking to you guys. I uh, I discovered something from folklore. <laughs> oh boy! I, I was I was googling around for uh, water based monsters from myth and legend and folklore. They're and out there. I saw this name and I thought I said I don't care what this character is. It is my pick. My pick is Jenny Greenteeth. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jenny Greenteeth is. English folklore, she is a river hag, similar to Peg Powler or a Grindelo. I don't know who Peg oh, Powler yeah, is. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Jenny Greenteeth, <laughs> this is where it gets, uh, like, it's it's kind of a weird name, but now it gets scary. Uh, she would pull children or the elderly into water to drown them. It was basically the warning to keep kids away from dangerous water kind of folklore. It's the it's the Arona. Yeah. Uh, she was often described as green-skinned with long hair and sharp teeth. She has also been called Ginny Greenteeth. In Lincolnshire, really mixing things up, Lincolnshire. 
with that one. <laughs> but in Cheshire and Stropshire, she is called uh, Ginny Greenteeth, Genie Greenteeth, or Wicked Jenny. Uh, and randomly, I found, and just poking around, she's also described as lurking in the upper branches of trees at night. I don't know what she's doing <laughs> up in the upper branches of trees. Well, she's got she's to pounce to <laughs> yeah, get them into the water. And yeah, the, the fall from the upper branches carries the victim into the water for its drowning. So Jenny Greenteeth. You know, there's a part of me that says, you horrible people, how could you possibly do that to your children? But if you've ever tried to just reason with a child and say, just don't go by the maybe, river. Maybe scaring them is an easier there's option. No <laughs> oh, yeah. Say, Jenny Greenteeth is going to pull you. The Yorona is going to come and get you, and I will never see you again. You will, you will, uh, you know, you'll die a horrible, painful death. But even worse than that, you're just going to get hauled up by the Yorona. Um, you know, maybe there's some some wisdom in that. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I feel like I'm coming around on yeah. some of these. Well, as soon as I read the description for Jenny Green Teeth, I'm like, oh, this was one of those child warning myths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Worked on my wife. Her her grandma told her all kinds of crazy stories in Mexico to keep her to keep her out of trouble. Was La Yorona front <laughs> yeah. and center? Uh, no, front and center was the devil. <laughs> just, um, just the devil. <laughs> Yeah, the devil with his horns and his his uh, his his goat hooves and everything, and the gypsies also. Those were those were two uh, pr- pretty prominent ones. <laughs> One of those more problematic <laughs> culturally than the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Todd Mack, I believe you get to pick uh, for the undead. So this includes ghosts, mummies, zombies, reanimated, you know, etc. Okay, uh, so my kids are really, my daughters especially, they really, really like this new Disney uh, Disney Channel movie called Zombies. Um, and there's a guy named Zed that they that they really like. Uh, but then I showed them a picture of Liv Moore from iZombie, and they said, she's really pretty. We should pick her. So uh, so we're going with uh, Liv Moore from iZombie. Um, she eats brains while she's solving crime. And she's very. I mean, she eats the brains in order to solve crime. Right. right? Yes. No. These yes. are the, the brains of the, the victims, and she gains information. Yeah. She them, she right? gets like final yeah. memories and such yeah. a thing. She can see their memories, and she's yeah. also named Livmore. So that's which it. is pretty fantastic. It's that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I'll be honest with you. I just barely realized <laughs> that, that, was, that was what was going on there. <laughs> And we watched that show for like uh, six months, my wife and I. (laughs) Finely tuned pun radar going on. (laughs) Uh, Todd Todd Peterson. Oh, man. Um, One of my good friends is like the big zombie scholar. So we talk about this stuff all the time uh, when we're hanging out, this guy Carl Bishop and I. So, So I'm like, boring, boring, boring. Mummies, not interested. Ghosts are very scary to me. But what was what what ghosts do I have a real connection with? And I decided the Raiders of the Lost Ark face melting ghosts spirits. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> I mean, we don't get a lot of their personality. No, their, but they're just so. Uh, but they're shifty. They were so frightening to me. They, yeah. they come at. They come up and they're pretty and then they turn bad and they melt your face. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I've got a lot of things that are on the ground and in the water and whatever, and I needed something you know, in the tableau that could be up in the air. So I like that. Yeah. If, Cause if someone's going to draw a picture of this tea, yes. you got to mm-hmm. fill some of that upper space. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, uh, for my pick, uh, final one of our undead, I, uh, again, I feel like I went the obvious route. I chose Frankenberry from the <laughs> breakfast cereal boxes. <laughs> now, did you double check his, his like, origin just well, to make I'd, sure he well, was reanimated? Well, no, but I, I want to talk to him about it. Because if you, if you look closely at the cereal box, he's got some real steampunk elements going on. Mm-hmm. And I just, I need to know more. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay, uh, we are on to the final pick. Number 13, a super lucky Halloween, number 13 for everybody. Uh, Todd Peterson, you get to pick first from Miscellaneous. Man. Any, anything that's this left. This was really, really, really hard, and I went with Kiss. The band. <laughs> the band? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. Okay, if I had dozens of guesses. I don't know that I would have gotten that, to kiss. That was my objective. We had that was my objective to say this is I want to pick one thing that they would have said. I would have never thought of that. But again, when I'm thinking about the tableau, you know, with like all of this stuff, just having kiss in one corner, all standing together on those tall shoes. I mean, if you just glance at it, you're not gonna notice. Yeah, you're just gonna be like <laughs> they blend in. That is perfect. And so I thought, you know, why not? Why not? Uh 70s metal kiss boom uh joseph all right i was trying to think like miscellaneous and i've gone fairly evil in my uh in my picks yeah relatively sinister a lot of darkness so i I was just thinking about like what is the the miscellaneous cherry on top of this supernatural sunday that i've been crafting and my mind turned to a bow tie and i chose michael from the good place oh (laughs) yes spoilers yes i will just yeah i don't want to touch on any spoilers uh, of the good place but ted dance's performance as michael who is a supernatural being in the good place Mm -hmm. is one of the my favorite performances uh, in recent memory on television Mm. we're into season two as a a family watch right now and it's really great it's actually giving us some pretty great stuff to talk about in our family Mm -hmm. they, they do not um hide the deep moral quandaries yeah. on the good place. <laughs> they they give you the questions. Yeah. Okay. Todd, Todd Mack, you are the, the final pick again. This one's not a competition, so everyone's a winner, but okay. Um, I, I need, uh, I feel like I need to kind of workshop this one. Well, I'm kind of going back and forth. So I need a leader for my team of cute you cannot have monsters. Michael. I already have Michael to lead my team. <laughs> uh, is, is Hermione not, so, not suitable enough to make sure they get the job done? Well, Hermione's great. Um, so I want one of the doctors, and I'm trying to decide which one would be the best to lead this team. I find myself going back and forth between David Tennant and Matt Smith. Obviously. Um, they, I feel like they, they both have. <laughs> Come down to two doctors. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> I know. Who could it possibly be? Um, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to go with Matt Smith, the Matt Smith Doctor. Is he what number is he? Twelve? Eleven uh, ish? No, he's he's twelve, right? 11-ish. No. Well, there's there's some imprecision because I think he was listed as eleven, and then they added another doctor yeah, in between. There's the war doctor then... problem. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's okay. the issue. Oh, the classic logic problem: the war doctor. The war problem. doctor <laughs> problem. <laughs> <laughs> This has been plaguing, plaguing lo- logicians for for centuries. <laughs> yes. How, how do you uh, count I like twelve the- <laughs> when there's a war doctor? 
I like Matt Smith. Um, I I remember the episode when he comes out of the TARDIS and meets little Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so like kind of crazy, but he's also very capable. And then uh, and then I think of like late the later Matt Smith episodes when he um has chances to lead. And uh, anyway, I I, I I I feel like this is a good pick. I think he I think he'll do well on this team. Uh, I like that. I'm, I I really want to see him like marshalling you know the iron giant and maui and like uh, just trying to handle all of these uh all of these all of these personalities to to fight evil i think i think he'll do a good job all right so that's uh do we need to do pick. one final recap everyone's full team yeah just a, just a quick run starting through. with todd peterson okay so uh we have elric of melnabonet the werewolves of london christian bale dr jekyll the xenomorph Hal 9000, Babyface, Sid's monster toy from Toy Story, uh, with a babyface and erector set legs, uh, Totoro, uh, Genghis Khan, the Chupacabra, Jaws, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, face-melting ghosts, and Kiss, the band. All right. Uh, Joseph? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll leave Todd Max as the palate cleanser at the end. Uh-huh. I had Vampire Storm, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, the Lagahu. Uh, the Guahuna, uh, Bosque, uh, the Curiosity Ro- Mars Rover, Robert the Doll, uh, the Headless Mule. Mine is such a, so weird. I don't <laughs> like. Oh. I'm really having trouble. Like I'm trying can't, to. Can't wait to see the fan art. I'm trying to picture these in an artistic setting, and I, I just really can't get them together. Uh, the Mowing Devil, um, the Mongolian Death Worm, Jenny Greenteeth, and uh, Frankenberry, and, and Michael from The Good Place. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right todd, todd, todd who was your cryptid again todd peterson uh, who was your cryptid yeah oh, that's i just i don't know what my team's good for guys <laughs> okay so uh my pick was i've got mavis from hotel transylvania uh professor lupin from harry potter uh, maui from moana hermione granger from moana uh, no, from, uh, from Hermione Granger from <laughs> Harry Potter, not from Moana. Uh, Ch- Chewbacca from Star Wars. Got the Iron Giant, Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story. Uh, the Tree from A Monster Calls. Nicholas Flamel, the Immortal from History, because he's totally real. <laughs> uh, Big- <laughs> Bigfoot from Harry and the also Hendersons. Totally uh, Teka Tefiti. Right. Uh, Teka slash Tefiti from uh, Moana. Live More who has a very interesting name that I just barely realized. Thanks to my friends <laughs> and from iZombie and uh, Matt Smith, doctor from Dr. Who, who may be number 12, maybe 13, maybe 11, <laughs> uh, but has fallen victim to the, the infamous war doctor problem <laughs> conundrum. And that's my team. And I want to see that poster. <laughs> It'd be a pretty good poster. I think it would be good. I think it would be. I a mean, good if, if anyone's really feeling their Inktober oats, they could just get all thirty-six going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, thanks, thanks to Todd Peterson. There's additionals. I mean, you right. have to represent all the werewolves. I know that would them. that would take some time. Is it thirty-six or is it thirty-nine? Oh, 39. Right. 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 I had it twelve. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, true. I, I forgot that we jumped up to thirteen. <laughs> Well, it, it, with this Brexit thing, I think there's probably going to be fewer werewolves of London. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you get to cut a few out. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, well, listeners, thank you for joining us on our annual Halloween special. Thank you, Todd Peterson, for joining us. Great to be here. Super fun. And uh, we would like to thank you again for listening and also mention that for show notes and links to all of the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. And if you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out our previous Halloween specials, which were episodes number 44, 98, and 150. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com we're also on twitter you can follow at protagonist pod at todd k mac at jay dorowski our producer andrew is at dis minute on twitter and todd peterson do you have any twitter uh links you want to throw out there yeah i'm i'm at todd peterson s-e-n and uh again uh the name of your novel that was recently published is oh hold on uh it needs to look like we tried Um, published by Counterpoint Press and available at fine booksellers everywhere. Uh, Thank you. I was worried I was going to throw in some articles that weren't needed or something when I tried to (laughs) recite your your book title. Um, And a reminder, our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. We have good conversations there with our listeners and would love for you guys to stop by and uh, leave us a comment. And we will post a picture of that horrifying baby doll head. Uh, What was it? Sweet baby? No, good, good, good. Don't don't (laughs) worry, baby. Uh, and if you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. All right. Te- so, uh, technical pause. I just got a message that says that my browser is now critically out of date. Should I stop and start again?